You are listening to the fastest growing sports investing podcast in the world. If you're looking for no-nonsense, actionable sports investing information and insight, all geared to increase your bankroll, you've come to the right place. And now, the wait is over. Direct from the real MrACL.com, this is the ACL Pod featuring Captain Wags. I give you A. And with that, I want to welcome everybody in to the ACL pod featuring Cap'n Wags. I am ACL. He is Wags. I hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving Day weekend. Uh, We are back, Wags. Lots going on, man. We have college basketball tournaments going on all day. We have week 13 of the NFL here. We have college football going, week 14, whatever they're calling it at this point. Uh, and we're actually taping this Wednesday, you know, early afternoon here. We have, in a few hours, Wags, Wednesday afternoon football. Very fitting for 2020. Incredible. Only in 2020 can that happen. And, um, you know, I, I know the listeners are loving it. I'm loving it. Uh, crazy, crazy situations going on. I kept hearing getting DM'd about it. With fantasy, what do I do? How do I, yeah. where do I start? This is crazy. Um, but, yeah, no, this is uh, in- incredible to have a Wednesday afternoon football game. It starts in about an hour. So uh, we got I don't know if you saw the reason that they did afternoon instead of evening. I, the I, Christmas tree. I, yeah, I heard. Hey, look, <laughs> you know what? That's uh, it's important stuff, man. Not, not that it's important. Look, you get all the kids, boys and yep. girls. You get families. They tune into that. So, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying that I actually have no idea what the ratings are um, f- for both, but I got to assume that the, the Christmas tree lighting and the rock cats and all that stuff, um, the people need that too. You know, the, the non-betters of the world, the non-football uh, sport fans, things like that, um, need some magic in their life. So, uh, hey, we're getting some NFL action in the afternoon on a Wednesday. We are indeed, yeah. For those that don't know what we're talking about, so MB, so the NFL wanted to have this Wednesday night game, this Wednesday game, Ravens-Steelers on on Wednesday night. And NBC, who owns the rights to the game, has the Rockefeller Christmas tree lighting on scheduled for Wednesday night, and they refused to move that. So the NFL had no choice but to put the game on if they wanted it on TV, of course, to put it on Wednesday afternoon. So that's so here we are, there. sitting in 2020 with a Wednesday afternoon. Here we afternoon. are, talking about Christmas tree lighting. That's right, that's right. Amen. There we go. Uh, all right, let's jump in, Wags. College football rankings came out yesterday on Tuesday. No change, really. Alabama 1, Notre Dame 2, Clemson, Ohio State 3 and 4, Texas A&M 5, Florida 6, Cincinnati 7. Wish Cincinnati was higher, but we'll see about that. Cincinnati 7. Um, thoughts on that? I mean, no changes, really. Uh, no surprises. I mean, the only kind of debate topic that people were talking about thinking maybe Ohio State might get dropped after not playing. Uh, were you okay with those top four? Yeah. Look, I, I think they're out. They deserve to be in the top four, meaning, you know, the the, the rankings are out. I, I agree with them being there. I, I get the argument about them not playing and everybody else wins. Um, but Ohio State and the people, I think, deserve to see the four best teams in the playoff. And to me, Ohio State has not shown any different. Um, you know, you, you look at the teams behind them, you look at Florida, you look at A&M, you look at Cincinnati. Um, really, the only team I can say that may 
deserve it more would be uh, or two teams would would either be Texas A&M or Cincinnati. Now I know all the Florida fans out there and anybody with a ticket on Florida um, are hooting hollering. But look, Florida people, you can DM his Twitter is at Capenway. That's right. DM me all you want. Florida to me had a shot, right? They lost to Texas A&M. Now, was it on the road? Yes, but that's the way the schedule falls out. Texas A&M only lost to Alabama, who's number one. Um, and when you lose head-to-head to Florida, that, that's that's how it falls out. Um, so A&M, to me, didn't really deserve to um, – you know, climb ahead. I don't think they did enough to climb ahead of a, a no play Ohio State last last week because um, they didn't really impress me that much. Uh, I think they had two offensive touchdowns. Um, they had uh, what else? First uh, of all, they didn't cover. Yeah, I, uh, you know, we're talking about the last crazy ending to that LSU game. So I mean, they're not even covering this game. So they, right. You know, I mean, they're below they, market expectations. They beat a lousy LSU team this season who's no 30 point dogs to Alabama right. this week. Um but yeah, I mean A&M lost by well, I think 28 points to Alabama on the road, which Correct. obviously not a good loss, but I mean it's as good as you can get against the number 1 team in the nation. And Ohio State didn't play. So, uh, to me, Texas A&M does not deserve to, to hop ahead of Ohio State. Florida doesn't deserve to hop ahead because, let's face it, they lost to A&M. And Cincinnati's sitting there like, hey, what about us? And, you know, who, who knows if, if they have a shot to get in. Um, it doesn't look like it at this point, but there, there, there are ways. There are ways. I agree with you. I mean, you can't put Florida ahead of A&M, even though I think on a neutral, if you, they played tomorrow, Florida would be favored in that game. Yep. Um, but, look, that's why they play the games. My whole thing when people say, you know, I, I, I want to see the four best teams play, it's like that only happens in college football. You know, we're talking about, like, March Madness, college basketball. People love the upsets, right? They love to see the 16 seed go all the way, whatever, the one year that Virginia lost to Maryland, Baltimore County. They loved it. They they wanted to see that team go. It's all about the underdogs in the Raw story. But in college football, it's like nobody wants to see the liberties of the world or the UCFs of the world. Not nobody, but uh, most people don't want to see those teams get a shot. And it's always kind of puzzling to me as to, okay, if you think Ohio State's one of the top four best teams – after four games, that's fine. That They probably are. That's a, a, a totally legitimate argument and statement. But at a certain point, I mean, don't you have to give these teams, like the Cincinnati's of the world, the Liberties of the world, a shot to maybe pull off an upset, maybe pull off a second upset? To me, it's just like people don't want to see those games. They'd just rather see the who they think are the top four teams. Um, and that only seems to be happening in college football year after year. So, yeah. uh, Hey, look, know. ACL, we are talking about a business here. And the yeah. business decision when you only have three games, the two playing games and the, and the championship, you're going to try to get the biggest following possible, right? They're going to, you know, Notre Dame is a, is a big fan favorite. Ohio State, huge following, right? They, I mean, they, they have 50,000 undergrads or something like that. It's crazy. So the fact is they need these big market teams and these big following teams, um, you know, they, they'd rather have them in the playoffs. And when it comes down to it, is the committee being swayed at all? Maybe. Who knows? Um, you know, I, I think that Ohio State is going to have a stronger case at, let's say, 6-0 and than Cincinnati will at 11-0. Sure. 
Sure. No, no doubt about it. I think that if that if those things play out, Ohio State would get in. Uh, the only team I think right now that is 100% going to be in is, is going to be Alabama. Let's assume that they get by LSU this weekend. Even if they lose in the SEC title game to, say, Florida, I think that Alabama is still going to be in. Yeah, I agree so, with that. I have to agree okay. unless they get absolutely smoked somehow, which I don't by see By Florida happening. or yeah. somehow they lose to LSU right. as 30-point favorites on Saturday. Yeah. So let's put them in. Um, the Notre Dame thing is interesting to me. Say that Notre Dame gets smoked by Clemson in the ACC title game. You could make the case very legitimately, in my opinion, that Notre Dame – their only win would be their only big wins would be versus Clemson without Trevor Lawrence, and then their only other top twenty-five win was against a North Carolina team who is somewhat fraudulent at times. So, I don't know. You, you could make the case to me that Notre Dame, if they lose pretty big to Clemson, shouldn't get in. They're gonna the look headline on that game is about Clemson minus ten versus Notre Dame. Uh, remember they closed around minus four and a half, minus five with uh, 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 DJ in at quarterback when Notre Dame won, but. That was without Trevor Lawrence. So right. that's something to just like factor in. Yeah, if that game ends 49-14 or something yep. like that, and they get absolutely blown out. Um, and Alabama beats LSU. Alabama beats Florida. Now Florida mm-hmm. has two losses. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe Notre Dame, that loss doesn't impress as much. A&M could potentially lose, right? They play Auburn this week. They're only a touchdown favorite. Yeah. And then the last week of the game, they got to go to Tennessee. And I'm not saying that Tennessee is good. They've been a huge disappointment. But that will be Tennessee's bowl game. They yes. are going to get up for that game. They will be at home. a and going to have to win. There's going to be a lot of pressure there. What's going to happen then if they're, you know, 7, 8, and whatever they are, and 1, their only loss being to Alabama, and now they got to go to Tennessee. And, you know, who knows? Look, 2020 happens. Upsets happen. If that happens, then you're looking at uh, Alabama – Clemson as one, two for sure. Ohio mm-hmm. State likely being number three. Now who's number four? If total toss up, is it going to be Cincinnati if they win out? Is it going to be? Um, it will be Notre Dame. You know, will they just fall down to four? You know, who who are they going to pick? Well, or, or say say that Florida loses by one point to Alabama. Right, right. But Do they put them in. But they'll have two losses, and right, that's but... going to be yeah. It's going to look. There's going to be a lot of discussions had, and um, you know. It's going to be really interesting. It is indeed. If those uh, for the current numbers, guys, Alabama's plus one twenty-five to win it all. Clemson plus two fifty. Ohio State plus five fifty. Notre Dame six to one. No other team is in single digits. You have the Gators at twelve to one and A and M at sixteen to one. And what about the Cincinnati, big? What about the big? What if if uh, Notre Dame goes in and beats Clemson again with Lawrence? Does Clemson make it? Wow. I mean, <laughs> you, I'd probably say no. I mean, look, we t- you talk about it being a business. They'd probably stick them in somehow just because they could make they, – they, they could fairly make the argument that Clemson with Trevor Lawrence is a one-loss team, right? Correct. So that's fair. But, um, yeah, I mean, that look, the line – again, the look-ahead line is plus 10, Notre Dame plus 10 against Clemson, not exactly a 30-point spread. So that Notre Dame could win that game. Um, but I then kind want, of all I, hell would break loose at that point. I want to make one last point um, based on the basically on the rankings. I hate the rankings. I I love the unveiling of it. I love it every week. I get hooked in, so I have a love-hate relationship with it. But to me, the rankings are mean, meaningless. Um, you know, you come in preseason and you have Penn State and Michigan in the top 25, and you look at them now, right? So basically what – the media, the coaches, and, and the press are saying is that 
we believe this is what the top 25 should look like. And then over time, it starts to kind of morph. But those teams that are up at the top don't fall as much based on like one loss or, or not impressive wins. And they just stay up there. To me, it should be at the end of the season, let's look at everything. Let's have this huge unveiling. Maybe they only um, do two or three of these rankings starting with like week nine or ten instead of coming out after week six and and now having to you know basically unseed someone who's ahead of you it becomes much much more difficult so um i don't know i just think there's a lot of uh media bias there and and I i don't necessarily love it to your point, I think that's completely correct, and I think a lot of that is just preseason rankings, and it's good for hype. It's good oh, for d- you exactly. know, talking heads. That's why they do it. But the preseason rankings are the worst because they're basing a lot of what they they decide on the rankings in November and December based on those preseason numbers, which yep. is crazy. Which actually benefits us as cappers because yes. you know there are teams like a Michigan who's ranked I don't know I forget what they were. Let's call it fifteen. They're probably a higher than that, um, but we know better. And we fade them, and everybody sees, oh, Michigan's playing Rutgers. Who's Rutgers? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you know, things like that end up, you know, when you have to know and you have the research that goes into it and you know this team is overrated, um, where the public sees fit, they're ranked 15th or better, you know, they're gonna, the public's going to run to the, to the higher-ranked team almost all the time. Yeah, those preseason numbers, I think that – if you gave them true serum, they'd probably agree that they should get rid of them, but they know they can't do that. Exactly. So is what it is. Uh, Heisman Trophy, I know you and I talked about this this week, and we are in complete agreement here. So here's the deal with this, guys. So current numbers, Kyle Trask, minus 110 favorite. Mac Jones, plus 150. Trevor Lawrence is down to 5-1, to one, and no one else is in single digits. Justin Fields is now 10-1 to one after basically not playing. Um, it's a two-person race, Kyle Trask versus Mac Jones. So these two teams – I'll, I'll back up. If you just look at it kind of from a numbers perspective, statistically, Kyle Trask has higher numbers. He's also th- also thrown the ball more, but they're very comparable in terms of numbers. However, these two teams are going to play most likely in the SEC title game, which I believe is December 19th. Yeah, the right now Trophy, it's, uh, December 19th on the schedule. We'll see. How, right. We'll see. Right, right, okay. The Heisman Trophy isn't awarded until, I believe, January 5th. So a lot of these Heisman voters are going to hold their ballots until this game. If it is at all close in terms of the Heisman, they're going to look at this game and basically just whoever wins this game or looks better, vote for that person. The look ahead on this game is Alabama minus 13. So if you can give me the team that's minus 13 with a quarterback at plus 150 to win the Heisman, I'm taking that all day. So for me, you know, this number here, Mac Jones, in my opinion, should be the favorite. Yeah, absolutely. It seems a little off. You said it exactly. I have down in my notes. Basically, it's a two-man race, Trask versus Mac Jones on paper. Trask is the, is a kind of, well, not only on paper, but on paper with a little bit better stats because he's thrown the ball more. But you watch him play, you know, maybe he's slightly better. Um, you know, at least to me, I, I just I think Trask is, is really good. Um but you got to go back down to, you know, kind of logic. You know, who, who's on a better team? Obviously, Bama's a 13-point favorite on the look ahead. Who's the better player? We just said maybe it's 50-50. I give maybe a slight nod to Trask. But who's going to win the SEC championship? And that's where the votes are going to come from. So yep. at plus 150, I'll take in Jones all day on value. 
Yeah, I mean, you could even play around with it in the SEC title game. Say you have Jones going into that game at plus 150. Uh, you want to go for the middle, maybe take the Gators plus 13. Maybe some things have changed by by then at that point. But, I mean, to me, it really is a two-person race at this point. And you also have to assume, again, we're taping this on Wednesday, you have to assume that Mac Jones is going to put up some numbers against LSU on Saturday. Yep. I mean, they're 30 points. That's a big, I believe it's in prime time. Um, let me double-check check that as I speak here. Yeah, it's a 8 o'clock game on CBS. So, Everyone's going to be watching Mac Jones there. So, um, and how about this ACL? Take Mac Jones now plus one fifty. He does well against LSU. Yeah. Uh, assume that he beats Florida, being thirteen point favorites. Assume that you know maybe those numbers switch, and then you get a, a Trask. If you don't have a Trask ticket plus money already, you get Trask at plus money. And then mm-hmm. you just made yourself some 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 money there. So yeah, because I I really would be shocked at this point, as of December whatever it is, we're taping the second. That if none of the, if neither of those guys win, I mean Trevor Lawrence has an outside shot, um, but I it's tough to see him kind of going through those other two guys who are just putting up massive numbers, and they're going to be playing each other, which by default of course means one of them is going to win, right? That game, so you're probably looking at the SEC champion quarterback here, who's going to put up much better numbers than Trevor Lawrence is. So, you know, the guy who's plus 150 is a 13 point favorite in that game. Uh, definitely a good amount of value on Jones, there, in my opinion, and yours as well. So that's a good thing. Um, all right, Wags, we want to move to the NFL. Lots of places to start. We had a couple Thanksgiving Day games last week. Uh, we had an interesting Monday night ending. In Seattle, Philly, is that a, a, a good word to use? Yeah. Interesting, in, interesting, interesting to some. Yeah, interesting to some, probably not so exciting or you know uh, such a good outcome to others. But uh, you had your shot, right? Five and Scott a half. Scott Van Pelt came on right six, after the game. Well, that was an interesting ending. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, it was. Uh, yeah, no, I, I had the middle in that game. I had the Seattle money line to, to finish out a parlay, and then I came back with the Eagles plus six and a half. So. Not a bad, Interesting not to a bad some, way. including us. Not a bad way. That was <laughs> excellent for us. Yeah, that was fun. Um, I think we should talk about Anthony Lynn. I mean, I could do a whole pod on Anthony Lynn based upon all the things that have happened. However, I will simply say this. You're down 10. You throw the Hail Mary. It goes down to the one-yard line. No problem. Fine. You. What he should have done is gotten down there, spiked the ball, and kicked the field goal. Uh, and make it a seven-point game, kick the onside kick. Fine. If you want to run a play, go for the touchdown. That's fine, too. Instead, what he does is, he being the coach, head coach of the team who makes the final decisions, goes down there and they run the ball. Of course, what happens, they get stuffed. The game is effectively over. I mean, at what – and go back to the first half. He's making boneheaded calls in the first half to end the game as well. I mean, at what point is it that difficult if you're a team to simply hire somebody – an analytics guy, a math guy, whatever, who has a headset up in the booth telling the coach, coach, spike it, coach, call timeout, coach, kick a field goal. And these teams with these idiot coaches simply don't do that. It is mind-boggling. These billion-dollar organizations can't figure out when you should call a timeout or when you should kick or what you should do. I mean, when they ran that play and got stuffed, the game was over at that point. And I didn't have the game from a, from an ATS perspective. If they score that touch on there, the Chargers cover cover that game. They, they closed around plus five. So a lot of people interested in that play by Anthony Lemon. Yeah, it, it was uh, kind of the opposite thing happened in college with uh, Syracuse, the quarterback spiking the ball in fourth down. So um, 
But yeah, Oof. you got to you got to feel bad for and look. You got to feel bad for Syracuse all season. But um, yeah, that was kind of the exclamation point to the season. Um, but going back to Anthony Lynn, yeah, I mean, it's it's inexcusable. I mean, Patricia gets fired. Gase, Lynn, McCarthy. You know, the, the, these guys are just terrible. Like, what is happening in the NFL? Why are these coaches so bad? Why do they make all these ridiculous decisions in game? Like, have you not? How do you get to that point? I don't get it. Um, it's very frustrating. I'm sure as fans, you know, of those teams, you're like, what is going on? What is happening? Um, some probably happy because they have a shot to get, a, you know, Lawrence or Fields or, or whoever, you know, a good draft pick. But, you know, at some point you need to make the coaching change. Um, it, it's just it's it's a shame. Um, again, it, it there needs to be change. There needs to be education, right? These coaches just, yeah. I, I, don't, I just don't understand it. I don't, I don't remember it being this bad in, in years past. In Mike McCarthy's case, remember, he was out of football the last few years, and his whole thing was he sat in his basement and studied analytics, right. learned analytics, as he said. Well, I don't know any analytics that are telling you down four in the fourth quarter with 12 minutes left to fake a punt from your own 20. <laughs> I mean, we're not talking fourth. We're like fourth and ten, and the guys out there faking punts. I mean, it's just off, just off, just mind-boggling. Bone-headed things. Yes, absolutely. But again, if you if you're the Jets, be thankful that you have Adam Gates because he's most more than likely going to deliver you Trevor Lawrence. So he would have done his weight in gold simply doing that. If you're if you're the Chargers, I mean, Anthony Lynn, he's awful, but he has enough talent on that team to win whatever they have three three games this year. So he's going to get you know the fifth or sixth pick again. Now, I think in their case, they clearly have the quarterback of the future. So now they just need to get a, an average hedge coach for that talent level of that team would win eight games. Absolutely. An average. I mean, he, that's how bad he is. So, you know, the, the Jets will have a new coach soon. Uh, the Chargers will as well. Dallas, I don't know. Mike McCarthy will probably buy himself. He'll blame, you know, not having Dak Prescott, and they'll probably retain him for another year or so until they figure it out. So it is what it is with these coaches. Uh, you mentioned Matt Patricia. He's gone 13 13- 29 and 1 as Lions head coach. Minus 200 point difference. I mean, <laughs> that's literally almost over four points a game. That he, I mean, and that like that includes uh, his wins, right? I mean, that, that's getting skewed four over four points in the NFL. You uh, that's that's not good. Not and it's good. not like he, he's back there with uh. I don't know. Pick a pick a guy, Matt Barkley, a quarterback. Right. I mean, right, right. he has a good, in my opinion, a solid, solid NFL starting quarterback. Yeah, solid receivers, solid quarterback. I mean, they got a couple guys back there to run the ball with uh, Swift and Carry On O, and a guy named Adrian Peterson. Um, yeah, just I mean, and this guy's a defensive coach. So let's go to the defensive side. In the two years that he was there, their defense was ranked thirty first and 29th. Seriously. Seriously? I mean, what was just Belichick taking over, like completely owning the defense with the Patriots? Or was Flores making those calls over there? Because Patricia, I mean, what were you doing? I mean, maybe he's just a better, uh, you know, soldier than he is a general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we've seen a lot of these guys, man, from the Belichick tree not pan out. Yeah. Guy after guy after guy. So, yeah, Coach Flores uh, down in Miami is the exception. Is the exception. Yeah. Uh, I guess Judge is to be determined. Um, mm-hmm. You can't can't really give him. Uh, you know, talking about Judge, let me just tell you a little bit of something about the New York Giants. Please do. They have covered, I think, uh, their 
seven and four covering the spread. Okay. So um, he's been doing a good job uh, from that standpoint. If you've bet the Giants this year, every game against the spread, you were you were plus money. And I talked about him two weeks ago on the pod as far as the NFC East, right? Who who would I go with? And the Giants at the time, I would have to look it up, but I mean they were I think the third favorite. Um, and yeah, I just said, look, this thing is wide open, and the Giants at that plus money number at the time was was awfully good. Um, just pull up the updated numbers here. The division to win the NFCs. The Giants are now the favorite at two to one. The Washington football team is plus two ten. Eagles plus two fifty. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just looking at some of the numbers. Cowboys here. are five to one. Uh, some of the schedule and result, you know, the results of, of the Giants games. Okay, they they lost by ten to open up the season against the Steelers. Which look at the Steelers now ten and zero. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. They lost to the Bears by four. Not a, not a good uh, in Chicago. Okay, so not, not a great loss. And then they lost, they got smoked by San Fran. But since then they lost by eight to the Rams on the road. They lost a three on the road to Dallas. They won by a point. They lost by a point to the Eagles. They lost by two. They won by three, one by ten, one by two. I mean, yeah. Giants are in close games. They could be seven yeah, and four. They, they could yeah. easily be seven and four. So um, now they have a quarterback issue going right. on now. That, that, so, that's going to be a big problem for them. Uh, yeah, I think they, they definitely had a shot to win the division if, if Daniel Jones was healthy. I mean, they do have a three tough games in their next five um, at Seattle Cardinals at home and at Baltimore. Um, but again, you know, who would have known? Uh, but yeah, I mean, tough break. I mean, I, I think the Giants might be going in a decent direction and maybe judge is not so terrible here. As far as this division, the Washington football team kind of gets a break. I mean, I'm not saying that they're going to beat the Steelers, but the Steelers are playing Wednesday here. And then as of now, the, I think the game, game's on Monday. The next week game is scheduled for Monday. Right. So it's like a uh, Sunday, Thursday. It, it's tough. Yeah, I mean, that's going to be a tough turnaround for the Steelers Friday. that are now. The current line's Pittsburgh minus nine. Um, we'll see what happens on Wednesday as of taping. The game hasn't been play, not been played yet, but it's a pretty good situational spot for Washington there. to If they're going to have to play Pittsburgh, you definitely want to play them on a short week there. So um, as far as the, all the COVID stuff, I mean – Look, this Pittsburgh-Baltimore game, it just feels like the NFL has bent their back every which way to make it, first of all, the game happen. Second of all, for the Ravens. I mean, the Ravens have had every opportunity to play this game, whereas it just seemed very odd what they did with the, with the Denver Broncos. Now, you could argue that it sounds like what happened was the Broncos quarterbacks were, out, were not wearing masks, were not wearing protocol, were not following protocol. So the NFL kind of almost wanted to punish them, make them play that game. Whereas with the Ravens situation... It was. It was. I think the strength coach or something was going out. Was going around with a mask. He got disciplined. So it like wasn't the players' fault, quote unquote. I don't know. It just seems very strange that you know the NFL MVPs on the Ravens. They're a playoff team. They're one of the teams, kind of the league's most sort of notable teams. And the league has gone every which way to help the Ravens here. And it's really kind of screwed the Steelers. Now they have to play on Wednesday and the Steelers then have to go back and play on Monday. So very strange happenings from the NFL office there. Definitely strange. But here's a flip side to that story is that, in my opinion, it was the Ravens being crybabies about the whole situation to essentially, you know, kind of uh, throw a tantrum. We're not traveling. We're not practicing. You can't make us do anything. Um, so the NFL kind of was forced to make these decisions and moves where I think Denver on the flip side was like, hey, we want to play like, you know, we don't need our four, four quarterback. I mean, 
they did with hindsight, right? Yes, they did. Um, but they were like, "Hey, look, we'll, we'll play. We'll we'll do what we need to do. Um, you know, we're not going to back down from a fight. Um, you know, they got they they got their ass handed to them. Um, but the fact is, you know, I think that 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 came into play a little bit. Um, Harbaugh was like, you know, we're not playing, we're not playing, and look." Lamar Jackson now not going to play and, and, you know, maybe he was earlier and, you know, would have maybe been an issue, but um, I think the NFL is doing their best to get every game played um, to accommodate each team the best that they possibly can. So I I wouldn't take it out on the NFL, but um, yeah, I mean, a tough break for Denver, unless looking at you, ACL, you have Denver team total wins under eight as a, potential max play nothing potential about it (laughs) nothing potential about it that's right that's right Max play on denver under eight denver needs to go four and one in their last five yeah good luck with that yeah exactly so you're you're looking nice you're looking nice yeah i mean i i I have to you know after my rant there I, i i must admit i uh it wasn't the worst thing in the world for for a max play under on the Broncos when uh, when the NFL game when the NFL required that game to keep going. Exactly. Right. <laughs> the line got steamed out to Saints minus seventeen on the road at Denver, and it wasn't enough. It wasn't. It, it was. Enough. It was tough. Hey, look, Denver tried, but it was tough to watch that first half, first quarter. I mean, oh, it was just so bad. One hundred and twelve total yards for the Denver Broncos, and they were one of nine in the passing game. One with, of uh, nine. Hinton, yeah, yeah, and he uh, was it Hinton who hit the. Uh, it was like a, a forward pass, but I think it was behind the line of scrimmage to uh, Fant or something who gained. So it's like a rush. Four, yeah, yeah. It, was, it wasn't a Oof. rush, but it was. Uh, it was a forward pass behind. Yeah, it was just. Not, I think that was his only completion. One of nine, thirteen yards, two picks. Not good. I mean, not good. What are we doing here? What 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 are we doing? Wow. We're not going over eight. That's what we're doing there. Uh, Best team in the NFC: Saints, Packers, or Seattle? Who you got? Whew, this is a good one. And and with sorry, with a healthy Drew Brees, because I'm projecting here to the playoffs. So let's pretend that Drew Brees is back. I I mean, look, I think it's a toss-up between the Packers and the Saints. I think Seattle is is not quite there with these teams yet. I mean, could they win? Could they beat these teams? Absolutely, right. you know the NFL is the NFL. There's so much parity. Any any team could win. Um, uh, again, I, I think I said it on one of the last few pods. If not, you know, I eat my words on the Packers. Um, they've impressed me this year. I okay. did not did not think you know preseason did not think they were much of anything. Um, and and I bet they love that. Uh, I think a lot of teams. You know, a lot of people were thinking that. Oh, you know, so many down seasons. They don't even have you know much at receiver. Obviously, they have one of the best. But outside of that, you know, is Aaron Jones legit? Yes, he is. Um, you know, is their offensive line going to protect? Yes, they are. And can their defense play? And and, and yes, they can. So um, they they've proven to me that they are a top notch team that could that could beat anybody. Um, and yeah, the Saints are. Probably a step below, in my opinion, and, and the only reason I say that is I think Breeze isn't fully himself, even when healthy. Uh, yeah, they, they've impressed me defensively. Um, you know, I think their defense maybe two years ago started getting a little better. Last year they were very good. This year they're 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 good. Um, but I, I still like the Packers, um, and I guess it would depend on where they're playing. 
right? Are they playing in the Dome or are they playing in Lambeau? A huge difference, and that goes to the point of that number one seed who gets to buy this year. So the Saints have the leg up. They're 9-2. and Uh, If they win the rest of their games, they will get that number one seed. Seattle, 8-3. Green Bay, 8-3. The New Orleans Saints won eight games in a row. Um, you could argue that they got a kind of a free bingo square last week potentially, but look, they still went eight in a row. Um, yeah, they are currently the favorites in the NFC, plus 220, Seattle plus 350, Green Bay 4-1. to one. Rams in Tampa, sort of, I, you know, they're very, very good teams, um, but I, I think that there, that there is a clear kind of top three as of now, the ones I mentioned, Saints, Seahawks, Rams, and then you have, sorry, Saints, Seahawks, Packers, and then you have the Rams and the Bucks. Uh, seven to one, and then you kind of drops from there. What as you about get the into What the, about the Washington the football team? Hey man, the Washington football team might win that division and host a playoff game. What about so. the Philadelphia Eagles? <laughs> great team, good teams win. Great, great teams, teams cover wags. Six and a half, never in doubt, right? Unbelievable, unbelievable. That division never is enough. just unreal. I mean, someone's got to win it. Someone's got to win it. You got to feel bad for someone like Arizona or. Mm-hmm. Or the five and six Vikings, who would be number one in there, or the five and six Bears, who would be leading the it's division. Amazing. I mean, um, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> someone. The Atlanta Falcons would be in first place in the NFC East. Oh. Oh. Just think about that for a second. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons. Um, the Dan Quinn led. Wait, wait. What about, what, what about the Detroit Lions? Detroit's what four and six. <laughs> the Matt Patricia led up until two days ago. Detroit Lions would be winning a division. Oh so, gosh, gives you perspective on the NFCs. Uh, before we touch on two games, MVP Patrick Mahomes going to win it. Yes. Yep. Yes, uh, I think I thirty talk- touchdowns, two picks. Yeah, I mean, just the numbers. He just uh, he's a machine. Um, yeah, I, th- I thought Russell Wilson was a machine. We had him preseason plus eight hundred. I think on the podcast either two weeks ago, which was last podcast, or three weeks ago, two podcasts ago, I mentioned that we should think about and take Mahomes. Um, I think he was at plus 250, maybe 220, somewhere around there. Maybe uh, maybe it was plus 400. I don't even remember. But he was plus money there. Let's hedge a little bit. Um, and the reason is he just keeps producing, and they're just so good. And he's got such good receivers and weapons, and um, he can make these plays happen where – Seattle, on the other hand, um, he's got playmakers, uh, but you know I think we're going to start seeing his passing numbers come down. They're going to start running the ball again because, you know, they they kind of hit a wall. Seattle in, in over the last few games. Yes, they beat Philly, um, but no, it wasn't impressive. And uh, they need to get back to basics a little bit. Um, so, but Mahomes, Mahomes ain't stopping, and he he's going to continue. He's going to continue, man. He is. Fun to watch. I mean, he is must-watch TV. He's up to minus 400 uh, to win the MVP. You mentioned on the pod a couple weeks ago, I even tweeted out like a week or so ago, that there was still value on him at minus 120, in in my opinion. I mean, if you're at 30 touchdowns, two picks on the team that's going to wind up with, I don't know, 13, 14, 15 wins, you're almost usually always going to win the MVP. So definitely his to lose at this point. Uh, Wags, switching back over to college. This game... As of before last week, had a, kind of a lot more pizzazz to it. Uh, I'm talking about Indiana and Wisconsin. Wisconsin currently a minus 14 and a half point favorite, total 44 and a half. This is Wisconsin's only fourth game of the year. The last time they played was November 21st uh, at Northwestern, where they lost 17 to seven to seven point favorites in that game. Indiana, they won last week versus Maryland, 27 to 11. They covered as 12 point favorites. However, the big news out of that game, of course, for Indiana. 
ACL injury, knee injury to start their starting quarterback, Michael Penix Jr. It looks like he's going to miss the rest of the year for sure with that injury, obviously. Um, Jack Tuttle, who's going to replace them. He is a transfer from Utah. Yep. So he was a huge high school recruit, a lot of hype coming out of high school with this guy, but didn't really cut it at Utah. Obviously couldn't cut it at Indiana as far as um, taking over the starting spot from Penix. Now, he came in last week. He was 5 for 5, went for 31 yards, but it, it, it's such a tough break. I mean, look, Indiana, they're always one of those, you know, 6-6 six and six teams, 7-5, and five, right? This was their year. They had some really good wins, um, and then this happens to them. So for me, this is one of those really weird games. I mean, I was looking at Indiana here prior to the injury, they would have been getting points here, of course, versus a Wisconsin team that hasn't really looked great since those first really two wins against Illinois there. Um, they obviously looked awful last time against Northwestern. But for me now, it's all about motivation. I mean, if you're Indiana, you've had this great year. You have this stud quarterback. Uh, you're making a charge for the Big Ten title game, the Big Ten title um, itself, and potentially a really solid bowl game, and boom, this happens. So emotionally kind of uh, emotional headspace of them after after losing Penix really hard to gauge but this was a definitely a spot where I was looking at to back uh, the Hoosiers here yeah I like um, I like this kid Tuttle I mean he hasn't done much yet uh, but I like at least the thought of it um, I think Indiana's defense has been the story of the year not their offense. When everybody was like, oh, Indiana's good. Their offense has been great the last few years. It's been good this year, but their defense has really stepped up. I think most always, and you'll you even see it in the pros the last few weeks, when there's a quarterback change, the defense steps up for the team. Um, and I think that this game, this Wisconsin-Indiana game, is going to be very tight early. Um you know, I'm not saying which way I'm going, one way or the other. Could Wisconsin cover at the end and, and things? Yeah, absolutely. But, um, you know, I, I think Indiana's going to play hard. I mean, yeah, there were some, you know, deflating points when Penix Jr. went down. Um, I think he re-injured his same ACL that he injured as a freshman. And he is, I think now will be his third surgery since, um, you know, being at Indiana. So, uh, that's got to be devastating for him, but the team's got to rally. We'll see how they react. Um, it's going to be a good game. I mean, I, I would not count Indiana out even at, what, 14-point dogs or whatever they are. Yeah, it's creeping up 14 and a half. Huh? Um, but, yeah, I just uh, – it's tough, you know, for, for a great season, for a great story of Indiana to have this happen late in the season here um, – you know, it's it's tough to see, but you know that's the way things are. It's 2020, and um, I still think it's going to be a good game. Yeah, I mean, this is an Indiana team that really has relied on his arm. We talked about that in that Ohio State game, how they were going to have to get the ball downfield. They wound up putting up 35 points and covering. I mean, this is a team that's put up 36, 37, 38, 24, 35, and 27 points this year. Yep, all basically on his arm without much of a running game. So, um, yeah. It, this is a, a tough game, both from Tuttle, who is very unproven, and I'm not high. I don't have high expectations for it just based upon kind of where he's been. The fact that he hasn't been able to cut it now two programs as a starter. Um, and then this Wisconsin team. I mean, you talk about like kind of a, a Jekyll and Hyde team. You know, people were after the first couple games uh, talking about Graham Mertz Heisman. They put up 45 against obviously now a bad Illinois team. They put up 49 against Michigan, uh, and they put up a stinker and score seven points against Northwestern. So really, really tough game here. But um, 
as far as just the quarterback situation in the end, they certainly feel bad for for, uh, for Penix. So hope hope he can get better soon and get back on the field. Um, NFL can't imagine I'm saying this, but Wags the game of the week in week 13 of an NFL season involves the Cleveland Browns. Can't be. Period. Can't be. How's that? Can't, How's that? Can't be. Uh, <laughs> a pair of eight and three teams here. The Browns coming in off three straight wins. Titans off two in a row. Current line, Tennessee minus six, total 54. Tennessee coming in off a beatdown of their divisional rival, the Colts, and they do play the Jags next week. So this is a divisional sandwich spot for the Titans. Always something to consider. Uh, The Browns, they do play the Ravens next week in a big divisional game, and that's on Monday Night Football. So you could argue that this is somewhat of a look-ahead spot for the Browns here to deal with. Uh, From X's and O's, these are two of the top three run defenses in the league. Cleveland, first in rushing at 161 a game. Tennessee, third in rushing at 158 a game. So from a total perspective, I really expect these teams to both kind of do their best to establish the run early. Maybe a play on the first half total here. Haven't decided yet. But overall, I mean, the winner of this game is going to be 9-3 and three and can definitely make a run for that top seed in the AFC. Unfortunately for the Browns, if it's them and Pittsburgh keeps on doing what they're doing and handles their business, the Browns could finish with the second best record in the entire conference, and the best they could do is get a wild card at that point. So, uh, you know, it, it, if things do break right, Pittsburgh maybe loses the game here or there. Uh, you could actually be talking about the Cleveland Browns as the top seed in the AFC here. Did you just say the Browns could be 9-3 and three and the top seed in the AFC East? I did, and I also, you're talking about preseason NFL futures. I have a preseason future on the Browns to make the playoffs. I actually sent that out to clients, and I had one guy email me back and asked if it was a typo. <laughs> uh, I believe it was plus 125 on the Browns to make the playoffs, and uh, he asked if it was a typo. and He basically asked if I forgot to put the word not make the playoffs in there. I said, no, 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 I think the Browns are going to be improved this year. Got rid of... Uh, you know, fanny pack Freddie over there. Yeah. So well, much improved Cleveland Browns team. Well, there was just so much pressure on Baker last year. And I mean, not to say he's done a great job, but they are eight and three. Um, and they, they, they've they done it defensively. Uh, they've, they've done a good job. So, um, yeah, let's uh, I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about that game later. Hint, hint. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm looking for I'm actually looking forward to watching that game because it's going to yeah. be interesting. Should be a good one. Should be a really good game. Sunday, uh, it's a 1 o'clock Eastern start. All right, Wags, let's get to the contest. We had um, a bunch of people get all three questions right last time, which is great. And, again, whoever gets uh, the questions in first, as far as timestamps goes, is deemed the winner. I am about to read three questions that, that they uh, pertain to the Monday night game this week. Bills at 49ers should be a good one. Uh, if you get all three questions right and you're the first person to get all three questions right, you win 200 bucks in site credit to the real MrACL.com. You can either tweet your answers on DM to either me or Wags, or you can email either of us, ACL at the real MrACL.com or CapinWags at the real MrACL.com. Again, 200 bucks in site credit to the winner. Question one Bills minus two and a half at the 49ers. You taking Buffalo or you taking San Francisco? Question two, name the player who will score the last touchdown in the game. Question three, the total number of touchdown passes by Mr. Josh Allen. Not rushing. Total number of touchdown passes by Josh Allen. Good luck to everyone to enter. Get get them in. Hopefully uh, we have more winners. We love giving out that site credit. So good luck, everybody. Um, yeah, well, yeah, Wags, we might get a double header on Monday here. The Redskins Pittsburgh game, and then uh, if that winds up staying on money, and then Buffalo San Fran. So yeah, two games I was on Monday. Thinking that Always there fun. might be a triple uh, header. 
but it looks like one of the games is going to get pushed to Tuesday. Dallas, Baltimore, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Again, doing whatever they got to do for the Ravens. That's right. It, it, I mean, come on. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, very strange. I very guess strange. they're trying to get the, as much rest for Lamar Jackson as possible. So why why does Pittsburgh get to play have to play Monday, but then Bal- Dallas or sorry Baltimore gets to go to Tuesday because they're the one with the COVID tests? Uh, I, mean, I, I, I look, make a make a call to the front office and see. I call Roger. I know I know, I know somebody in the front office. We won't talk, so do we, I. we won't talk about that. Might be the same guy. Probably. <laughs> um, free play time. NFL free play for me, but you do the honors, my friend. You're up. All right, we're going to do a teaser, a seven-point teaser. The first uh, first action there is going to be on the game that we mentioned just earlier, the Browns and Titans. I am going to take the Cleveland Browns plus 13. Um, I think they do, uh, as ACL mentioned, um, both teams very good at rushing the ball, um, but the Browns do a much better job at stopping that. Um, I think – Tennessee is giving up about 116 yards a game to the Browns, 108. Uh, I think the Browns are going to stack the box. I think they're going to do a good job. Um, I also think this game potentially early is going to be um, a, a little low scoring, um, and, and I like to get 13 points in that situation. Um, I'm going to pair that up with the Seattle Seahawks traveling back home. Um, they got to take on the Giants, who will be led by – not Daniel Jones, but Mr. Colt McCoy. Um, so I'm going to take the Seahawks minus three there um, with the Browns Titans plus 13. Good stuff. I'm sticking in the NFL as well. I'm doing a seven point teaser as well. First leg is going to be the Las Vegas Raiders down to minus minus a half, basically a pick them uh, against the New York Jets. If you listen to the post game interviews last week, guys, after the Atlanta game, uh, by the Raiders. It was all about how they were embarrassed. They didn't show up. They need to play better, blah, 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 all that stuff. And yeah, teams often say that, you know, after a loss, we need to play better. But this was not just any loss. I mean, they really, really, you could tell, were just flat out embarrassed by their performance. And I get it. It was a really bad spot for the Raiders. They had that highly emotional Chiefs game the week before. They had to travel cross country. It was an early start versus an Atlanta team that's capable on offense. Just a total flat spot for uh, for um, the Raiders there. And they are better, and they know that they're better than what they put on tape versus the Atlanta Falcons. So what better team to get right against than the Adam Gase-led New York Jets, who just lost a highly emotional uh, divisional game against their heated rival, the Miami Dolphins. So give me Las Vegas to rebound and pick up the win here uh, as the first leg of the teaser. Second leg, I'm going to tease down the Green Bay Packers down to minus one uh, against the Philadelphia Eagles. Philly comes in off a short week off Monday Night Football, and by all accounts, was really a huge get-up game for them on national TV versus Seattle. Now they have to travel to freezing Green Bay versus the Packers offense that is rolling right now right along. Uh, Philly's probably going to do the QB shuffle thing again with Wentz and Hurts. Who knows? Their defensive line, though, is just not generating any pressure at all on the opposing quarterback which is really the only thing that has stopped Aaron Rodgers this entire season. We saw it in the, in the uh, Tampa Bay game. When he gets pressure, he just sort of loses interest, seemingly. So uh, I don't expect Philly to get in there and pressure him much. Uh, so this week's free play is a teaser with the Raiders down to minus a half and then the Green Bay Packers down to minus one. Good stuff. All right, my man. Good stuff here. Fun pod. Lots to talk about. Uh, hopefully things keep keep going along with uh, NFL and college and uh, lots of college basketball to talk about as well over the next coming weeks. So good stuff. 
anything to add, Wags, before we get out of town here? Uh, before you do, I will just say, guys, please rate, review, subscribe to the pod. Five stars. We really do appreciate it. Leave a nice comment. Thank you very much for that. Tell your friends about the pod. Retweet the pod uh, if you can. And um, we will see you, of course, same time next week. Wags, anything to add before we get out of here? No, just uh, update on NHL. Uh, really not much of an update. They still target a January 1st start. I don't think that's going to happen personally. Um, but, bet, you know, the to give you a little bit more insight, Batman and the NHLPA have been going back and forth and, and well, I guess not really. There's been a stalemate and not much has been getting done. Um, Batman's trying to get more from the players after they just had their um, CBA signed, which, uh, you know, the players are like, we just signed an agreement. Now you're trying to use COVID uh, and, and get more from us. Um, so not really a good situation, but I think, it seems that Bettman came out uh, yesterday saying that he wants to still target January 1st. We'll see if that happens, but hopefully sometime in January we will have hockey um, and we will update those who have been DMing me about when that package will get up and uh, looking forward to that as well. So uh, NFL, college football, college basketball, uh, hockey, NBA right around the corner. Things are great. Things are looking up and uh Really looking forward to the next few months here uh, as we wind down football season, get to, through the Super Bowl and the college playoffs, and, and keep moving forward. Well said. Guys, hit us up on Twitter. DM us if you have any questions at The Real Mystery CL at Captain Wags. The website is TheRealMysteryCL.com. For Wags, I'm ACL. We will talk to you guys next week, same time.